BetterHelp.com. You deserve to be happy. Types of therapy, individual couples, team, the world's largest therapy service, 100% online, professional licensed and vetted therapists who you can trust. Step into the world's largest network of licensed, accredited, and experienced therapists who can help you with a range of issues including depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, grief, and more. With BetterHelp's therapists, you get the same professionalism and quality you would expect from an in-office therapist, but with the ability to communicate when and how you want. Get matched to the best therapist for your, for you. Answer a few questions to find a therapist that who fits your needs and preferences. Tap into the largest network of licensed, professional, board-certified providers. Communicate your way. Messaging, chat, phone, video. Talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable. Therapy when you need it. Message your therapist anytime from anywhere. No scheduling needed. Schedule a live session at a time that's convenient for you. Connect from your phone, tablet, or computer. Good morning. Today's true crime story is the scream murder of Cassie Jo Stoddart. The murder of Cassie Jo Stoddart was committed by high school classmates Brian Lee Draper, born March 21, 1990, and Tori Michael Adamsick. Born June 14, 1990, on September 22, 2006. They received a sentence of life imprisonment without parole. Background: After spending the most of his most of his childhood in Utah, Brian Draper moved with his family to Pocatello, Idaho. He met Tori Adamczyk, wherein they were both students at Pocatello High School. They were both interested in current films and started recording their own. Cassie Joe started September 21, 1989. To September 22, 2006, also attended the same school. She, uh, she and both boys were juniors. The murder? On the night of September 22, 2006, Cassie was house sitting for her aunt and uncle Allison and Fred Contreras on Whispering Cliffs Drive in Northeast Bannock County. The Contreras family was out of town and, hired, and had hired Cassie to come take care of their three cats and two dogs for the weekend. Cassie was visited that evening by her boyfriend, Matt Beckham, who arrived around 6 p.m. Later, classmates Brian Draper and Tori Adamczyk, who were both 16 years old at the time, came over to the house to hang out. Cassie gave the friends a tour of the house, including the basement. The four teens went into the living room to watch the film Kill Bill, Volume 2, but Tori and Brian ended up leaving before the film ended, saying they wanted to watch a movie at their local movie theater. Instead, Cassie and Matt stayed behind. Cassie was unaware that before the boys left, Brian unlocked the basement door so he and Tori could re-enter the house undetected. Sunday meant to leave the house on Whispering Cliffs. Brian and Tori returned to the neighborhood, parked down the street, got out of the car, and put on costumes consisted of dark clothing, gloves, and white masks. They, came, they quietly entered the house through the basement door while Matt and Cassie were watching TV in the living room. They intentionally made some loud noises in an attempt to lure Matt and Cassie downstairs so they could scare them. Next, they found the circuit breaker and turned off the power in the house, hoping the pair would come downstairs to check the breaker. When Matt and Cassie did not come downstairs, the boys turned some of the lights back on. Cassie became uneasy after the temporary power outage, and Matt noticed that one of the Contreras dogs kept staring down the base of stairs, periodically barking on or growling. Seeing that Cassie felt scared, 
Matt called his mother to ask if he could stay the night at the house with her to ease her mind, but she denied his request. Instead, she offered to let Kathy come home with Matt and stay at their house for the night, and she would bring Kathy back to the Whispering Cliffs house the next morning. However, Kathy felt it was her responsibility to stay at the house as she was hired to do and care for the animals and declined Matt's mom's offer. At approximately 10.30 p.m., Matt's mom picked him up, leaving Kathy at the house alone. Matt called Tori's cell to see where Tori and Brian were, possibly to meet up with them later. Matt said he could barely hear Tori, who was whispering on the phone, and Matt assumed the boys were in the movie theater. From the basement, Brian and Tori heard Matt leave. The teens turned the lights out again at the circuit breaker in the basement and waited, hoping Kathy would come downstairs to turn the lights back on, but she did not. Eventually, the boys were up, went upstairs. Brian was armed with a dagger-type weapon, and Tori had a tight hunting-style knife. Brian opened and slammed the closet door at the top of the stairs to scare Kathy, who was lying on the couch in the living room. The boys then brutally attacked her, stabbing Kathy approximately 30 times. Twelve wounds were potentially fatal. The murder weapons were purchased at a pawn shop with the help of 18-year-old Joe Lucero. Throughout the investigation, the murder police found that Brian and Tori had recorded their plan, murder, plan to murder Cassie in advance on videotape while they were at school. This video footage was shown at their trials. Arrest and interrogations. Draper and Adentrick were arrested on September 27, 2006 and charged with first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. During the interrogation, each team blamed the other. Draper claimed he was the same he was in the same room with Adentrick when Cassie was killed, but denied stabbing her. He later admitted stabbing her allegedly under commands from Adentrick. He led the investigators to Black Rock Canyon, where they used and disposed of a clothing mask and knives they used for the murder. Trial and Sentencing At the trial, the prosecution revealed that Draper had said he was inspired by Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold, who committed the Columbine High School massacre. Later, Adentrick was said to have been inspired by the Scream Horror Film franchise. On April 17, 2007, Draper was found guilty. Adentrick's trial started on May 31, 2007. He was convicted on June 8, 2007. On August 21, 2007, based on being convicted of first-degree murder, each received a mandatory sentence of life in prison without possibility of parole and 30 years to life for being convicted of a conspiracy to commit murder. Adentrick and Draper were, are both serving their time at Idaho State Correctional Institution. It is located in unincorporated County, Idaho, near CUNA in November 2019. Antrick's sentence was upheld after his appeal was denied by the Idaho Supreme Court. Appeals Their attorneys filed separate appeals at the State Supreme Court in September 2010 for Antrick and in April 2001 for Draper. Draper was seeking to have his conviction vacated on to being given a limited life sentence that would allow for his release on parole if approved after 30 years. The first appeal for both Adam Trick and Draper was denied in a 3-2 decision. The High Court vacated Draper's conviction on Kiris to commit first-degree murder, saying that jurors were given erroneous instructions on that charge, but they affirmed his conviction for first-degree murder and life sentence without parole. In July 2015, Andrick gained a hearing for post-conviction relief of State 6th District Magistrate Judge Mitchell W. Brown. He claimed that testimony from character witnesses could have 
change the outcome of the sentencing, but that his former attorney against Andrew's experience wishes chose not to call upon these witnesses. Andrew said that his attorney believed that the prosecution would have submitted even more damaging evidence. In March 2016, Judge Brown denied his request for post-conviction relief. Adam Chick appealed Judge Brown's decision for to the Idaho Supreme Court. A hearing was held on November 9, 2017, and on December 26, 2017, the Idaho Supreme Court rejected Andrew's appeal for post-conviction relief, upholding the district court's decision. Following the Idaho Supreme Court decision, Andrew filed a federal writ of habeas corpus in January, 20, January of 2018, in which he argues that the Idaho Supreme Court denied his first appeal based on a theory that was not presented to the jury. Adam Schick also argues that he would he should be entitled to a new sentencing hearing in light of the Miller and Montgomery decisions, see section U.S. Supreme Court and mandatory life sentences. Federal Magistrate Judge Candy W. Dale presided over Adam writ and and on November 25, 2019, she denied the writ. Adam's currently appealing Judge Dale's decision to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Civil suit by Stoddard family. In 2010, the Stoddard family filed a civil suit against the Idaho School District. They claimed that the school was negligent and should have known that Draper and Adrick posed a threat to others. Both the civil court and the state supreme court dismissed the case, saying the actions of the killers were not foreseeable. U.S. Supreme Court and mandatory life sentences. In Miller v. Alabama, 567 U.S. 460, 2012, the United States Supreme Court ruled that mandatory sentence of life without the possibility of parole are unconstitutional for juvenile offenders, even in cases of murder, ruling that the youth of the convict had to be considered. In 2016, the Supreme Court ruled in Montgomery v. Louisa that this doctrine had to be applied to cases retroactively and directed a review of all such cases potentially 1,200 to 1,500 nationwide. Given juveniles' brain immaturity, the Supreme Court ruled that there had to be an opportunity to consider mitigating factors as well as for later reveal of the sentences of such inmates with possible relief for persons who have reformed. It said that children who commit even heinous crimes are capable of change. Draper and Antrick are among the cases that the state courts will, will reveal under this ruling. Some 1,100 cases are found in the states of Pennsylvania, Louisiana, and Michigan where state courts have ruled that the Supreme Court's Miller v. Alabama 2012 decision overturning mandatory life sentences for juveniles was not retroactive. On October 16, 2019, the Supreme Court held arguments in the Mathena v. Melville, which is another juvenile life without parole case that could have an effect on Adam Trick and Draper's sentence. Thanks for listening to this true crime story. Have a good week and stay safe.